This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. And just before the next session, everyone can sit down. I just really want to express Akar Satov to Rabbi Shai Shachter. Uh, the amount of time, the amount of time that Rabbi Shachter puts in, and all the details for this, uh, these conferences, uh, tremendous Akar Satov for his efforts, for really, on our behalf, he realizes and recognizes how much we gain uh, from coming together and really to Okay, um, so the, the um, next topic was about Amuna, teaching Amuna and so on, which the truth is, is, is a challenge in yeshivas also, and, um, you know, it's certainly when you're speaking to a group of people with different dargas of what they're coming with and so on is, is obviously a, a very big challenge and the format. So I, I wanted to speak about two or three different akudas around it. I, I want to start with a something I once saw from Reb Shamsha Fall Hirsch. I, I'm pretty sure it was from him. I saw it a, I saw it a long time ago. Um, I believe it was Shamsha Fall Hirsch. I saw it. I tried to look for it in the Kol Kisve, but it's Kol Kisve is big. And, and, and dense, and I couldn't find exactly, but I, I remember very clearly the point he makes. I, I want to share that point, and then, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. His point was like this. How do we teach the issues with evolution with, to, to, to children? How do we deal with the kashas that evolution poses and so on? So <coughs> he was talking about the following question. The fact that the Torah says, trees that the, the, the world was created in 5,000 years plus and the, we find trees that have 10,000 rings. Uh, that was more or less the question. We find trees that have more rings than, than what's possible. So he said, if we don't talk about it at all, then if the child never engages in the modern world, never hears about the problem, it, then he is fine. So there's no need for it. So yes, sir, if you're raising children, in, in Pressburg, and he's never going to leave Pressburg, that's fine and no problem. On the other hand, if a child will be exposed to it, he will be shocked out of his wits, and it's going to shake his amuna. If you ask the question and give an answer, no answer is ever as good as the kasha. Anyone who's said a shear and so on knows the kasha always stands. An answer is good. It's very good. But it, it, there's a residue of, of a problem. There's a problem that's been solved. The problem that's been solved means there's a problem, but there's a solution for it. And when you have enough questions and enough solutions, solutions begin to look artificial. Yeah, I, I mean, the patient's bleeding all over, but I have a big box of bandages. So that, that doesn't work either. So he said the following. He said, we're teaching the kids about... So we'll ask the children, how do you think HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world? Did he, was it blank, and then everything grew? Or did he create a ready world, and then it, it you know, and, and it continued? So he'll ask the question, and then I'll say, I'll prove to you. We have trees that have 10,000 rings. 
So obviously, 5,000 years ago, they already had 5,000 rings, which is clear that Kachmar created a ready world for us to use and enjoy. The advantage of that approach is that you are preempting and turning, it's not a question with an answer. You're using that, that information coming from your point of view and it's integrated. So when someone asks the kids a question, I say, no, you got it wrong. It's the other way around. Kashmir created a world, that's why we find it. So, so the point that he's making here is in terms of Chinuch and so on, the um, questions and answers are almost always perceived as apologetics. So when, when dealing, in any time when you want to teach a Muna, um, enforce a, reinforce a Muna, things of that nature, then basically what you're doing is you are, um, you, what you want to do is present the emis and how you see it around you and therefore, um, and, and therefore you're, you're, you're much better off than presenting questions and so on. It's true also, and so when talking about a muna, even though what you like to do is address questions, it's wiser than to start with the point you're making and build it organically. And then at some point when you want to address a question, when someone comes across something, you have a way of addressing it, or the person himself. That's one point. The second point about it is the same idea is people naturally resist ideas that they have a different opinion about. So when a person comes along and he's presenting X as his opinion and you're arguing or presenting Y, then basically it's very hard to dislodge a person from their opinion. Most adults have opinions and they feel it's right and they can hear the argument. They can, even if they agree, it's very begrudgingly and it doesn't really do the job because there's a lot more in the interaction with two people, there's a lot more than dry information. It's not a computer matching um, findings, it's people. And therefore the type of, the type of interaction where it's a question answer, or I am debating you, or I'm openly debating. So, so let's take an example. Let's say people in the community have a certain opinion, and I am debating it. People resist. Um, that is something. So, Marshall, let's just go back to something that we said before. If I come along and I say, Rabbi Isai, this this new idea cannot be true because Akadosh Baruch Hu created marriage. So people will resist it because if they hold differently, they see the point you're making as an attack on, on what they believe. And, and it's normal for people to resist attacks on what they believe. Let's go back to that same example. Imagine instead we speak about Kedush Nesuin, how it is, it's impossible that two people, if, if I were to come to you and say, would you like to enter a business deal? And the business deal is you're committed to supporting this yeshiva until you die. And it's your first priority. And whether you like, like it or not, you have to be there. There's no such thing. But when I, when I present marriage, I say, you are committed to this person. 
their their support financially, emotionally, and physically, everything is your responsibility, you know, until it's over. Um, could that work? Could there be, a, I mean, the, 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 the idea of a business partnership with somebody that you can't, this guy just, that's, that you have responsibilities like that, nobody would engage it. And yet, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it, and people, and if we speak about the kedusha of marriage, and, and, and it's because it's, it's a unique way to fit two people that are different. Zohar and Keva, took Dafka, two people that are different. If we talk about it without explaining that we are trying to um, counter something, it's much more effective. I'll tell you, something I learned this. I, when I was in high school, I went to Old RJJ High School. I don't know if anybody here knows what that was. It was, it was a Middle Road school. Um, we, it was considered officially, we're between MTA and Torvadas. MTA says English is more important than Hebrew. Torvadas says you more important than English. We believe they're both equally important. That was the, I guess, the model. She was basically a big yeshiva with a, with a thousand different, what? With a thousand different inputs. That was, that was the yeshiva. Like upon him, I was in, um, so I, I at, like at the end of 10th grade, moved to 11th, I, I started this, I decided I wanted to sit and learn, and fully, and, and that's what I want to do. There was somebody who was mashpia, and there, weren't, there were not many people that made that choice. I was the only one that went to Israel, and maybe three or four out of a class of 60 went out to yeshivas, maybe more, maybe five, six. It wasn't, it wasn't that, that wasn't the flow in those days. And um, so I decided to make a decision. In 12th grade, I had a teacher. He was a retired history professor from City College. He was a very bright person, extraordinarily secular, very a-religious, anti-religious, and, but very bright person, very picturesque, kind of a colorful character. And he was a very interesting, he was a very interesting history teacher. And I did well in class. He liked me. And then he found out that I made it to not go to college. He was devastated. So he came in one day and he gave a Musash Musapidarka. And he said, Boys, you gotta go to college. You gotta go to college. And he had this funny way of like presenting possibilities and knocking them. Why? A, to make a lot of money. Nah. B, to have a fancy piece of paper on your wall that says Dr. So so. Nah. C. You go to college and go to college and go to college, and one day you wake up and you see the world differently than you ever saw it before. That's where you got to go to college. So I said, "Oh, that's what Mashkir said." I didn't believe it, but now, now, I, now, 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 we, now we have a, a, a key of Mashtar from. The, but the point is, but but it's a very true point. The point is when you want to be Mashpi on somebody, arguing points is not a, a good, effective way of being mashpia. Um, slowly, um, slowly infusing a person with ideas that build a certain perspective and a certain attitude is really something that you want. Eventually, that becomes the person's mindset. So the marshal. If a person comes to you and says, I'll prove you Hashem created the world, how could you have such a complex bacteria and this and that and that? So if I'm challenging somebody, there's an answer. There's always, an, every question has the answer, every answer has a question. It, it's no, there's no, uh, like the Kuzai says, philosophy has never reached 
any consensus on anything because it's endless. So, so that's not effective. But if let's say I'm, I'm sitting with somebody and I point out, it's amazing. Take a look what, I, what, what they just discovered. And I just say, it's really amazing how complex things are. Um, it, it boggles the imagination. I don't have to go further than that. But if I keep building a certain, a, a, a certain ideas and a mentality, someone asked me, one of our Talmidim became a rav in a shul, a fairly large shul, and he was struggling with, what do I accomplish in the shul? What am I really accomplishing? The people, they are orthodox, they're nice people, they were orthodox, they will be orthodox. He, doesn't, he didn't feel really, what am I accomplishing? And I told him, it's, it, that, it, people that are congregants are not in the mood, or they're not the age where direct Musa is going to make the change. The Rav said, we can't speak Lashahara, that's it, no more Lashahara. That's not, that, that congregation doesn't exist in this world. That's, but when you talk about something, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the war in Russia and Ukraine? Are you talking about social justice? Are you talking about people needing to change? People needing to, to, to bring out something ruchnis in their lives? Whatever the conversation of your judges are, it's not the particular points. And that's why when a child will come home to one of your parents, to one of your congregants, and say, I want to go to yeshiva, it'll have a positive ring. I want to come to Chacham. You've spoken a lot about Torah, Chachamim, being, whatever it is, you've spoken about it, it, it resonates. In a different congregation, why do you, why? Uh, you know, because they never heard anything about Talmud Torah. They never heard anything about the Cheshiva Sublimata Torah. They never heard anything about, about the, the change it makes in a person. So you don't have to directly challenge because that's not effective. But building a person's mentality, and that's what happens in Yeshiva world today. And it's, I, I believe it's a chisarim. But Lemaisa, in, 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 in most yeshivas, there's zero really in terms of hashkafa. In most um, yeshivas are yeshivas. There's not much hashkafa and so on and so forth, for whatever reason. And, and, um, but, but it does influence on a person because there's a general sense. There's a general sense of what's spoken about and what's important and what's... You do pick up a lot. I do believe it would be better if it could be formulated and it could be directed. In yeshiva, those are years when a person is open. But 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 there is a transaction. There's a flavor that a person gives by speaking. So when we speak about the incredible complexity of Bria, the chaste Hashem in in Yisrael, things like that, it builds up a certain sense that's important. So speaking about Amuna, you need to ask yourself what are the issues that you're addressing, and how it is that you are. Um, it, how it is that you sort of infuse the ideas that you want, that, that, that a person is, that there is in Oynish in Olam Haba, you can argue back and forth, very hard to, but you can talk about it, people are accountable for the Meissen, and we, we're going to have to give an account, if you talk about it like that, it builds that sense in a person, and therefore it's something that is, is a way to give over Muna. We have to start to identify what are the type of things we want to talk about, and then, and, and then, and then, uh, and then talk about it by laying a certain tashtit, a certain infrastructure of ideas that 
will percolate and it'll be, it'll be so much easier to, 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 to do that. That's one point. I want to add to that about Amuna, the Kuzari. Kuzari says, he speaks about the difference between Elohim and Havaya. He's speaking over there in Dalad. He starts talking about the different names of Kaddish Baruch Hu. And the, the Chavar answers the Kuzari. He asks him, what's in Elohim and Havaya? He said, Elohim is the objective idea of a higher power as uh, identified by Seichel. So when we sit down and say nothing can create itself, everything must have a creator, there must be a God, and that's the primary, um, it, it, that's the primary uh, being in the world, and so on and so forth. So Elohim is speaking about a God in a very, um, in the objective way, through reason. And that's the entrance way to it. Um, the Bria is Bereshit Bar Lakim. It's all Lakim. It talks about there is a Bria, where did it come from, how did it become so complex, what keeps the world going, Vachulu Vachulu, that's Lakim. Havaya is a personal attachment. It's something which is not grasped by Seichel. It's not, Seichel is not the right tool for it. It's something which is the personal experience. Let's give a sim a marshal. When a person, when a person, is um, dating and looking for a shidduch, so you sit and discuss. Somebody comes along and says, "I think this person would be right for you." You discuss the personality, the 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 the, the you know what you are, what she is, the milas, the sronos, etc., etc., and we talk about it like. Uh, like a psychologist would talk about uh, analyzing a, a person. When a person is married and, and you know, well into a marriage that's established, you don't th- think of your spouse in those terms. You don't say, well, it, 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 it's, it's a person that you're personally connected to. And, 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 and it's a whole different visa. When, 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 I'm, when I'm talking about someone that I wish to date and we're discussing it, so we're, we're talking about something objective, we're using Seichel to weigh it, and, and that's the, the language we use. And I could share those words. I could say the person has this intense personality, the person is, 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 is bright, etc., etc. <laughs> when I'm married to somebody, I don't think of a person that way. I obviously, you know, a person wouldn't discuss a spouse with other people. But, but I don't think of it that way. I, I, it's, it's the person. That's, that, it's a very different tefisa. So, the Havaya is the, the personal God. It's, it's I'm tefisit in the personal sense. So he said, once Avram Avinu started the process through Elohim, but once he, once it, Akadosh Baruch appeared to him, and he connected personally to ta, Hakadosh ta, 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 Baruch Then he left at his earlier at his earlier um, thoughts about Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and you know, and the way he he, he grasped it, and and it was all Havai. The difference, he says, is Elohim is a nice idea; it's academic. You're not moisten nefesh for it. You don't endure hardships for it. If somebody were to come with a gun. 
to your head and say, I want you to say that two things can exist in the same place at the same time. I'd say it as, as, you know, as many times as you want me to say it. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not, there's no reason the world might be most nefesh for it. I, I, I think it's wrong, but it's so what? But, but we are prepared by Sinefesh somebody to say that such and such is a god when it's not. So like, the, the god of Aristotle is not a personal god. And he said, especially since Aristotle did not believe that he's personal. Aristotle believed in God as a, a sort of a, an, um, a, 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 it's a logical need. But it's not, he's, it doesn't exist as an entity that I can connect on a personal level. It doesn't care what I do and so on. The, 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 the whole... Um, so, so that's the God of Aristotle. The God of Avram is a God that I'm personally connected to, and therefore I want to be my sinefesh, v'cholo, v'cholo. The, the, the point is a... Our Amun and HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to come in two phases. Because the emotional ecstasy, every, 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 every has that. You know, you'll ask uh, uh, um, an evangelical, he said, what do you mean? Just, just scream with all your lungs and you'll feel the divine spirit like I do. So when, without Seichel, emotion itself is terribly blind, and that's a bad way to go to it. Avram started with Seichel, and like the Ramam says, he went through all the tkufas of his life, and, and you know, he went through a whole tkufa of life where he thought and pondered and said it doesn't make sense. It all was that type of approach. Avodah cannot make sense for the, for the reasons that Ram gives. Now, he said, I've now, then he came to the understanding, and then HaKadosh Baruch was the scholar. So, Elohim, the Bria starts at Bajas Bar Elohim. It is a, 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 a reality. But once Adam comes into the scene, that's where it says Hashem Elohim. It's, 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 it's Hashem Molei Olamolei. Then we have room for that. The same way, like in a shidduch, you don't start off when a person sees someone and is and is instantly likes the person. That's usually not a, a wise shidduch, because seichel had no input in it. it. Doesn't make sense, but you know whatever it is, I, I, I have emotions. You start with seichel and ask yourself, is this a person that's an appropriate um, partner for me? But once seichel has laid a groundwork, what needs to fill it in? is per, uh, personal connection. Emuna, it, 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 can it be proven, can it not be proven? Maybe yes, maybe not. I'm, I'm, very few things in the world can really be proven, except for the only thing that can actually be proven 100% is mathematics, and that's a big question amongst the philosophers. Is it because be'etzim, it's, it's, it has that quality, or just the way we constructed it? It's, it's not, uh, whatever it is. The only place you can draw equations and come up with absolute answers is math. Things, simpler things like chemistry, physics, lend themselves to, to, to proofs in a very, very absolute way. If every time I put a match to this chemical, it burns, I can make, I can make that statement and, and it's true. But when it comes to things, to ideas and things like that, it's absurd. There, there is no logic. You need logic to screen out nonsense, but, but certainly... Um, that's not going to stay there. So the idea that people will, that their emuna will stand or fall based on pure logic is a fallacy. Most people's emuna drops because 
it dries out, it shrivels. If a person does not have a personal connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then all the arguments and statements and proofs in the world dry. That, you know, at, you know, when you're a certain age, you're gung-ho with proof and it's that. I don't know, it's not part of my life. It's okay, you know, it, it, it loses its chiyas and, and it sort of dries out. So real amuna is reinforced by a strong emotional sense. And somehow um, we need, A, we need to find ways of bringing more emotion into, the, into it. And so whether we have kumzits or, or times or, 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 or the Tzibor sings together, whatever, but it's more than that. We need to direct the emotions towards that. When a person tells a story that's very emotional, the question is, what's the wagon I'm harnessing to the emotions? What, what am I trying to reinforce in the person? Um, when, I, when, when we sing a niggin, it's always, so when a person thinks of the words, we need somehow, I once heard from one of our Talmidim, Eitan Katz, he, um, before he left Silver Spring, he, you know, we met him in Prada, and he said the following, he said, I want to devote my life to Teodic music. Let me explain what Teodic music means. He says, there is Ayin Panam the Torah. He says, Nigan is also one of those Panim of explaining Torah. If the Nigan explains the Torah, then it's Teodic music. If it doesn't, it's not. That's what he said, and, I, and, it, and it struck, it was very resonant. We need to, what are we, what are we singing? The, the, we are, so whatever it is, if we have a Kumsitz atmosphere, or singing, sure, or we speak on, day, on Yom Kippur, when people are emotionally high, or Shafer, when we have moments that are emotional, or singing is entire. Um, let's say, one of the things, I, one thing to do in yeshivas, maybe many yeshivas do in Shavuos, um, Shavuos in, in the morning, we have a record for 15 minutes after the finished learning for davening. And, and I, I told them, you know, you've been learning for four or five hours. If you don't feel like singing out Ashrenu Matokhalkenu, how many nations, I said, if you, if, if you were telling a friend of yours at the workplace, a guy, you know, I have a holiday tomorrow. What's the holiday? It's when basically we became a nation, and what do you do? We study all night the Constitution. The guy, the guy would think you're pulling a joke on him, or like, you know, what, what, what did you do on July 4th? We sat all night discussing the Constitution. You think the guy's been working too hard in these vacation desperately. That's basically what your attitude would be. And we do it. And, and, and shouldn't we feel proud of ourselves? We need to harness the emotion to the message we want. That no matter what, a yid's Torah, so the Torah is not easy to keep. The Torah presents difficult times understanding it. And we are fortunate that this will break our head on. It pays on all of these occasions to try and to use emotion to reinforce um, That's a second thing that I think is, is important. So first thing is to create messages that get, 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 that get the, 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 the um, build up this sort of the infrastructure without directly addressing it. So when you speak about the incredible complexity of the world and so on, without saying, how could it be if there's no barrel? Once you add that statement, you're taking away from it. 
You want people to wake up one morning and look at the world differently without, and trying to figure out what was it that did it. And secondly, learning how to harness emotion. I, I want to add um, another point about this, about Amun in general, that, that, that I would feel is an important, it's a shift from what is accepted as, for what's this? Whether there's Hashem, whether, how many, you know, invisible, visible, all that stuff is, I don't think that people, that's not, even, even evolution is not the thing that makes it or breaks it. Really what makes and breaks it is life. When things go sour, things are difficult, and things are bad, um, that, then we, we begin to have tightness. And that's usually where things are that are a major challenge. There is a, so we talk about Ashkoch Pratis, and basically it's, it's Hashem has a plan, how everything is going to be amazingly good. And we have stories to go with it. I, I think it's not a right message for many reasons. And I think it's, 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 a, it's an oversimplification of something, and I think there's a much deeper message that could be given and should be given. What is Ashkacha? Saddam Khal and Dar Hashem, two or three places where he speaks about it, this is the way in which it's described. Akadish Baruchu has an end result that he wants out of this world and out of every person in this world. A certain Shlemus. And Akadish Baruchu directs a person's life towards that Shlemus. The same way when we're educating a child. So the patch that we give, the reward that we give, the cold shoulder and the warm embrace, if it's done out of a perfect mechanic, they're all headed in one direction, to bring out a shleimus that we want in this child. So when a person, when a person goes through life, what we, want, what we want to understand is we are different and changed people. And that's what Ashkach is. Yes, nothing's by accident. But if a person goes through a tough period of time, then, then, a, person, then a person changes. It, it, it's, it's, it's so much different than just, I saw a story a few, a few months ago in, in um, it was the Hebrew Ted, uh, um, that I really liked. Um, it was in, in Israel, um, there's something called elections. <laughs> And they, one of the, um, and one of the things, every party is allowed to send an observer to every polling booth, and you get paid. The government pays and pays it nicely. The way elections go in Israel, it could be a parnas, it could be a. a, a, a <laughs> um, and there was Ingerman wrote the, the following. So he was it was Ingerman from Nebrak, and the, 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 it paid two thousand dollars for election day, and he took it. He realized, like a week after he signed up, that the polling place they wanted to be in is not exactly a polling place. It's not exactly a place for Bnei Brak Iman to be. It was not the, you know, the 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 the, the and everything like that was was not for him. But it was a lot of money. Two thousand shekels is 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 is, is a substantial amount for one day's work. Kids say he struggled, he struggled, he struggled, and he decided, he, you know, he 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 signed off. He didn't. He didn't take it. He said, and I was walking a few days later in the street thinking about it, and I found something. 
Guess what I found? I didn't find 2,000 shekel. I didn't even find 200 shekel. I found myself. I thought that that's a story that builds Emunah. In other words, life is, is, is I, I'm not, you know, I say what I want should be the result, and the question is just what kind of kunz HaKadosh will make for me to have it. It's not. Hashgacha means understanding that HaKadosh is is wants to bring out something in us. Sometimes we have an idea, sometimes we don't have an idea, and we'll see it in hindsight, and sometimes we'll never have an idea. But, but it's a very different feeling. The, the, the difference, the reason why it's comforting is that it's something that is going to, um, it's, it's true, Emis, first of all, it's the Emis. Secondly, it doesn't build false expectations and, 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 and things like that. It builds real expectations. And it gives us the real understanding of what life is about. I once had a, uh, um, a personal uh, involvement many, many years ago in Israel. This is before I came here. This is a long time ago. There was a yeshivish type of person who had become wealthy rather quickly. Not a good, not a good uh, formula ever. And he and and his he was, he was full of himself, terribly full of himself. Just just obnoxiously full of himself. He, you know, he was kind of creative, but you know, when he, he would give stuckers, he would give it with a big flourish and have people rub on and come. Everything about it wasn't, and the person was, and then his own lifestyle obviously was also far from ideal in many ways. It's, it's unfortunate. A kid's, uh, this person, he told, I had a friend of mine who worked for him, and he told him anybody could be rich if they really wanted to. It's just you don't want enough, that's why you're not rich, something like that. Vahia Yoim. Something happened, and within three days, he lost everything. It, 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 was, like a, it, was, like, it was like a domino effect. A, a certain deal went wrong, and everything collapsed with it. Everything. And he was tied up, and he's still tied up in litigation. 25 years later, still a lot of litigation. Zero money, everything, everything destroyed, and gone. And he basically lives... Uh, I don't, I don't know, he, he, has, um, he has some sort of apartment somewhere, uh, and I have no idea where he lives off. Very, very, really ter- terrible situation. At Kufa, after, after he had lost everything, I came with my wife, we went to visit him. We walked on the Shabbos, they, they moved far away and so on. We went to visit him. He, he also gotten sick, he had diabetes, he, he was a broken person. And we said, no, and then he said, Aaron, one good thing came out of this. I now know there's a British in the world. And, and only he could say it. And it was one of the most powerful statements I've ever heard from somebody. Um, the idea that, you know what? If he would have stayed the way he was, and after 120 he would come up, a, a big empty bag full of, of, of uh, gaiva and taiva, Versus, I don't, so no one can say that, I, you can't, I have no right to say something else, but a person lived through it and understands it. Life is not about what we achieve here. Life is about um, what we become and becoming a good person because we had to deal with somebody who was going through a lot of suffering. And um, 
I, I told somebody once, there was a family with a, with a son who no thought was Nifta, very trapped. I mean, he had cancer at a very, at a, at a, in his 20s, left of a mother, a child, very tough. We were involved because the hospitals were there and so on. And it was, it was, a, it was a, they suffered terribly. It was a very hard parasha. And recently, I was speaking to the parents, and I said, you know, I want to tell you something. We're different people. We, the outsiders, are different people since we, we lived through with, you know, tangentially with what we lived through. And he told me those are the most comforting words I've ever heard. Somebody's life changed because of it. So understanding, that's what life is about. Life is about how we get shaped and, and our experiences shape us. We have a, the, the right thing to do is to make life as good as possible in the sense to have what we need, to, to, to simcha is good, but understanding the hashgacha makes sure that we live the life we need to live. So we certainly are right to do things um, that make things good. You know, so if, if, we, if we need parnasa, we go to parnasa. If we need refuah, we go to refuah. If we need this, we do that. But, it, but understanding hashgacha, not in terms of miracle stories, how somebody won the lottery, how they found a miracle cure, it, it's, it's, that's not, that's, even if they're 100% true to stories, everything like that, but that's not hashgacha. Hashgacha is, you know, that every person gets what he needs, and sometimes we need, if everyone looks back in their own lives, and I'm on difficult tkufas, many times we understand how those tkufas made us into much better people. And especially if we don't resent those tkufas, if we understand that going through a hard tkufa makes a different person. Um, and therefore, it's, so, so to me, that's one of the strongest messages Reinforce Gemuna. It's a real message. It's Emes Mitzad Shorish, that that's what Ashkach is. Ashkach is to make us the people we are, that we need to be, I better said. And it, 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 it helps people get the right lesson out of life. Those are some points of words. So, so, I, wanted to, so I want to speak about the, the idea of building an infrastructure of Emuna in, and not, not, creating, not creating debates, not addressing questions directly but rather creating infrastructure, working on building an emotional uh, connection that incorporates the, where Seichel has gotten me to, now let emotion become attached to it. And finally, this specific point about um, Hashgacha, which I think is probably the most relevant issue for everybody. Hashgacha, redefining it properly, that Hashgacha is Kadesh bring us to our tikkun rather than just to whatever it is that we would like it to be. Kashbrok is not there to do our bidding. He's there to do the best for us and bring us to the place of us. Yes? So maybe address when a person has a question in Kibuna that, that exists on both levels of the, the logic and the emotion. You know, the emotion gives people the Sionas as the Roshiv articulated. But what happens if the emotion gives somebody an Isayon and it doesn't seem that the Roshiv gave that person even the Kalim to handle that Nisayon, in particular when it comes to the realm of mental illness. So if a person has a physical illness, so they have the Kalim <coughs> to hopefully address whatever that, but if a person has an emotional, psychological illness, so then how, how did their emotion enable that person to function if they don't have the Kalim with which they can address their own internal issues? And I'm, I'm sure that many 
Rabbanim in this esteemed group have, have encountered people who Lolenu, they they went to the Afras Dabar because what did the Rebbe expect from that person he didn't give them the Kalim Be'etzim? So, where I don't know, I don't know. You know, it's where we don't know, but sometimes you have people who struggle with something and the fact, the muscle, if for so-and-so it is a struggle to remain alive, but he struggles to remain alive, that's an avoda. The avoda that, you know, and you are the one person who finds that an incredible insight and, and, and you're doing it. That is something that, you know, understanding that there's, there's, there's Rebbe Avram Gujensky was the Mashkech of Sabatka, and he was the he was killed in the war, and he was killed in the ghetto. Terrible, they burnt him in a hospital. So he was Talmud Yal Sabatka, and he was a sick person in in general. He had a he had a foot injury where he he would limp, and and it, and he lived in pain all his life. Tremendously serum. He wrote a lot in Tosar and Surim. But as a person, he was my father's Dumus, Rebbe. He was always radiant. And, and he, um, in the ghetto, a, a, a Nazi beat him to a pulp. And he was laying in the hospital, literally broken, every, everyone's body. And they were sort of moving to liquidate the ghetto. And he, um, he, he, he and they said everyone has to come out for a, for a roll call. They understood that if he stay, that anyone who can't get out of the hospital, they're going to kill. In other words, that would be sort of the test. And they did. They burnt the hospital down with everybody inside. So he asked for he asked for um, a few people to help him go to to to, to, to the roll call for the for the um, lineup. And, and they tried to move him, and every drop was his serum. And someone asked him about Vram, what for? Like, you know, it's, it's you, you know that. So he said, I'll say it in Yiddish, and, and I'll, I'll try to say it. Mir halten heint bas so uni vateluni. The Altus Labotka once said, why did Yonah say, he said, so uni vateluni, lift me up and throw me into the ocean. What's the word Sauni there? Throw me in the ocean. Basically, it's my fault, throw me in the ocean. So he said, by saying an extra word, he delayed his execution by a few seconds. Every moment of life is precious, and it's an avoida to hang on to every moment of life. So Abraham said, today, this is the sugya that I'm holding by. This is my nisayin, Sauni Vataluni. Again, you have to be Abraham to have said it in those circumstances. Uh, you know, in Vataluni. And I, I once said, you know, he, he took the Muslim, I mean, the, it wasn't the Muslim, this, this was life to him. That a person, that a person's avoda is, that his struggle is to recognize that I'm a guardian, and even though my emotions are pulling me in a different direction, I'm holding on to life. That's, um, that's, that's a very powerful goal. Um, for a person that couldn't make it, that's that's what Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That 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 Hakadosh Baruch Hu knows what he did. But Lemaisa, the 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 accomplishment of that of of just holding on because it's the right thing to do, 
is, is an extraordinary concept. And no one, no one else gets credit. We, we survive instinctively. We do everything to survive. So for us, that's Vechaibahim is not, is not an Isayan. There are people from Vechaibahim is an Isayan, and, and I, I think that's a, it's a, it's a certain chizuk in some way. Yeah? I'm surprised that in communicating the experiential component of the Yiddish character, as opposed to the intellectual component, which is a lot about what Amuna um, needs to be built on that foundation, the only strategy that the Rosh Hashiva mentioned were singing and dancing at a which is not usually communicated in the traditional Yeshiva setting. Um, certainly not the, when we think of the literature in Sarah, uh, is not part of that. We all know it you know, can be effective. It can also be a waste of time. No one comes out from it because of the Hess concert, I don't think. So, this what kind of concert? The Hess concert. So, it, it is a mixed bag, right? Um, so, but in terms of the traditional, let's say, yeshiva setting, or the traditional educational settings, outside of those highlights or experiences, which perhaps stand on, on their own, how, is there, are there other strategies? I mean, how, how does a guy in yeshiva who, let's say, not, doesn't have regular kuntasim. How do they acquire or have to be a not part of the regular schedule? How is the experiential component of Yiddish guy communicated and is there a way that we can... So, the so, there, so there were... It, it, there are some more difficult strategies. You had people that spoke and the, the problem is there is a, there is a, um, a very... What's the right word for it? There's a type of emotional speaking that sort of is an easy emotional pull. You tell a sad story, something like that. There's a type of emotional. Per- there's a type of emotion that the person himself invests deep emotions. So some of the great mashkir figures. It wasn't what they said in a in a very way. You could strip away things and just look at it and just look at it, kind of. Uh, dry information, it was the person. I mean, one of the, I think, distorted pictures is of Rav Soloveitchik. Everyone talks about him as being so bright and rationalist and so on and so forth. He was incredibly effective a speaker because he lived the words. There was, there was a deep emotion, Litvak or not, Ishaloch or not, but there was a deep, deep inner emotion, and, and that's why it was so powerful when he spoke about, about what Torah means to him. It, 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 there was, and, and that's if we have people like that, then for sure that does it. That, that, and, and in the big places, in, in, in places where people must be him, it was because it had that quality. So it wasn't so much what's what said. If the things, so if things don't make sense, they're silly, they're superficial, and even if you shed a lot of tears and so on and so forth, it dissipates. It's, 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 it's emotion, it's a bubble. But on the other hand, saying things that are deep, it's one of the things I'm always... Stan, we look at Sfarim, there are certain Jewish philosophies firm that are Jewish philosophies firm. Reasons, arguments, proofs, this, that, the other thing. The Rambam's morning of Uchim is a powerfully emotional sefer. The Rambam was not dry. The Rambam, you could see fire in every word. Kuzari. There's something about those Sfarim that the, the innards were on fire. And, and that's a quality that requires an exceptional person. So certainly that was, I believe, the tool. It's very, very interesting. I learned in Meishiva, Chaim Shalevitz was the one who said Shemuzin, which was almost ironic because Chaim Shalevitz was known as a big genius, big Tom Kochem. No one ever thought of him as a Balmusa. When Chaim Zev was Nifta, he became 
the, the, he became, the, he said the Shmuzin was no else around, and he became known as that. And as, as, um, as big, as big as a genius he was, and very, very cerebral, he had a very deep emotional side. And when he spoke, it wasn't just that it, it was, he had a lot of oomph from power, he touched on real emotions. And when he'd give over a story, he would put, uh, uh, he would put an entire, he, he would guide you through emotion, and he lived it. So, so the, 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 that, is a, that is an extremely effective tool. It needs to have a person roy of that. That is correct. And as far as the singing, that's why I said before, it's the setting. Um, <coughs> if it's a concert where the big names are there and everybody comes in town, then yes, that's a, you're coming for a performance. But if, if you're sitting together with somebody who's in Ovid Hashem and, and, and you're using the singing, you're, you're, you're directing it. We're, we're going to be singing about this. This is what the words mean. This is what we're expressing. It, it is very powerful to bring the emotions. I would, I, I, so I learned me yeshiva. Me yeshiva, um, as somebody said, the only nigg they sang was Alitsiyon and Tishabov, which unfortunately was true. It wasn't like, I mean, one of my brother-in-laws had the chutzpah and Simchas to try to sing in hollow, and they told him, no, you know, it's, it's a shini from the Masoras, and so on. So I did go to other places. I would go to Rivhutna a lot, you know, and, and I, I really liked that. And Bachum would go. I went to Slonim, I used to go. There was, there was something there that, that, that was missing, you know, at, at, for me. Let's put it this way. Different people are different. But, but Al-Gapanim, so, so having a person that can express, that lives words that he says is a very powerful thing. But, but you need a person. You need a person like that. Yes? Where does tefillah and yeshiva relate to that? I thought that's where the yeshiva was going to go. The problem, is, the problem is, arvach arvach The tefillah is so difficult because we don't have a connection with emotion. So, so we, a lot of things cause, it, A, life in the old days had a lot of challenges, emotions were there. You were worried about this, you, you were mourning about that. Emotions were raw, so it was easy to happen emotions. Today, because media is so cheap and so much emotion is, 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 is kind of painted and, and it's every, every you know, it, we lost, it, we, we became immune to it. And, and, and therefore everyone needs a crazy story, a, a bigger tearjerker. We have a problem. Tefillah is probably the biggest challenge today. For, ironically, Tefillah used to be the, the segue into, into Yiddishkeit, and today is a big challenge. So how good for building people to become sensitive um, emotionally? Yeah? So this is maybe looping the past two conversations together. But um, I think when we're talking about things like evolution, so those are... Are, and and I'm, I'm coming from this both, and I think like many, I'm, I'm, I'm a Rav, I'm a Rebbe. Um, Were you a Rebbe from me ask? In um, Sifta, uh, Philadelphia. Sifta, yeah. Sifta, Philadelphia. So uh, when you're talking about something like a, like evolution, the notion that the Rosh Hashim is talking about getting, sort of getting ahead of the curve and not waiting for it to become something that, let's say, <clears throat> children are already absorbing, already aware of, they already have the, the kasha, and then you have to go into combat mode to try to address it. Something like, like evolution, is not necessarily something that they have their antenna out for and really becomes a kasha later on in life and you're able to teach them voracious in some of these some of these capacities i think that that um a, a challenge of of emuna 
is what's going on in the world with gender identity and with sexual preference and, and, and all that, that children now are becoming aware of at a very, very young age, becomes Akasha at a very, very young age, and to, to, to take an approach of, of trying to lay the groundwork before it ever becomes, becomes something is, is hard. And also because of the nature and because we all, I think because of its sensitivity, we spend a lot of time dancing around it, and, and even if we started at an earlier age, they don't necessarily know what we're talking about until they then hear the language and hear the, the entire the entire uh, package from some other vehicle, from some other uh, from from society at large. So I'm wondering about Shiva's thoughts. At what point do, do we do we then, by necessity, is that something that needs to be addressed with children at a younger age, at an earlier age? And perhaps in even a more direct capacity than we would all, as both parents, Rabban and Rebbeim, otherwise feel comfortable with, because of the reality that that this is a major, major battleground of Amuna, I think, um, and uh, and and, and uh, the authenticity of the Torah and Hakadosh Baruch Hu's vision for for the planet, and uh, that we need to start younger and maybe in a more direct sort of capacity. So I'm, I'm a proponent. If we're talking about education, and again, I can't, I can't speak for other people. I can't say what everybody should do, but the setting that that we're in, in let's say in that type of environment, I, I do believe that teaching children in a, in a very positive way in high school age is important. Um, you, the, no one, everyone knows everything, and when you present it, understanding a person. Understanding a person's drives, understanding what Kedusha is about, understanding the fact that we can, with our minds and Seichel and Torah, shape the direction we want to go in, that it's a long struggle. It's, a, it's the most powerful struggle between the Guf and the Neshama, and, and so on. To talk, talk about it, I always say, biology class is not pornography, because you're, you're sort of presenting it dry, matter of fact, um, in a certain setting. Once you start, um, once it becomes a, a, a joke for kids, then it becomes, you know, then it becomes bad. So I do think there are certain issues. When you have a classroom of a lot of kids um, and younger kids, it, it becomes, you know, fertile ground for, for, for tittering, for, you know, for... Um, but I have a... I, I do a vad for the seniors. So it's a smaller group. And I tell you, I, it's pre-select. I take only those who want to come. I said, you know, it's, it, it, and we do all this sure. And at a certain time of the year, I get to the Perik about Kedusha. And he writes it as a letter. And we talk about it and talk about, I, I talk about it, in, in matter of fact, and explain and understanding. It's what it should be. It's, it's you know, we have Tivus and it's, it's a struggle. And what does it mean? How should we struggle? What do we do? And so on. And I've heard, you know, many years ago, I was somewhere guessing this person was a rabbi, and he had a Talmud that had a problem with the Torah. He said, he, he wasn't talking about gay or anything. He was saying, I have strong sexual drives. He, he was, was in California, and he was a, you know, a, an 18-year-old boy. And why is the Torah being so nasty to me? And tell me, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. You know, I want to enjoy life. Why, why is the Torah so mean to me? You know, it's, 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 so giving it the right presentation, I think, is the right thing to do. Um, it's just, you, you do want to... You, you know, in a practical level, in a high school, to do it in a class, a smaller group, a vad, <clears throat> and and an understanding, I think, is important. That that I believe that that's the right thing. But 
every school makes their own policies. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. This person is a lot of chizuk because sometimes a rob feels like they're just a glorified storyteller. No, we, we sing also. We do a little singing also. So it's it's, it's like not only storytelling. It's like being chizuk for me, Rabbi, who are working in this field all the time. But uh, the question that I, 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 I struggle with is that it's easier it's easier when we're doing the song and dance on the stage. So we have the people there, and the energy is there, and people they're just they've been singing, and you get the right moment and can really guide them. A lot of times it's much more difficult when it's in the office and the individual comes in. They say, oh, I'm really struggling. And, and, and usually, as the, as the Rosh Hashiva says, it's not, it's not a logical issue. It's a, they've gone through a crisis. They're struggling with their real emunah. So to put on the show, it, it, it doesn't... And, 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 and what they need to hear, it, it, it's very hard to give them, at, in, in an individual capacity, the, the, these, these steps. And just one can say, join the program. One can say, you know, come and join me. Uh, I want to take you and I want to go get a... But on that, in that individual conversation, that's where I, I, I personally struggle. With so, so on, 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 um, apropos to that conversation, if I can give a marshal, um, when a car crashes into something, so if it's rubber, it much less damage is done to the car because the rubber picks up some of that vibration, impact, some of that impact. And the mail, it dissipates a little bit. In a situation where you listen to somebody going through a difficult time, if you genuinely are shaken, if you genuinely are, you feel the person's sad, that helps the person a lot. You know, it's, it, it's a, it, it's, when someone comes along and says, Hashem did to me, it's very terrible, he couldn't do it, this and that and so forth. So if, if you push back, then you're not helping the person at all. If you absorb and say, I don't know how you're coping with the tsar, generally, in other words, if you, if you take the time and the, and the mental energy to absorb it, that helps a lot because the person felt validated. The person feels he's let out some emotion. So in that setting, emotionally resonating with the person is, is, is helpful. Um, and it, it runs counter our intuition. We, we, we think that we have to shove back. We don't. Noise ba'olam havero is almost literal. A person comes, and my father's going to say that a, 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 a rav in a Litvish town used to absorb all the tzaras of the town. This one's daughter's not married. This one does not have they didn't have what to eat. This one is, is this one's a parrot. He said it all came to the rav, and the rav had to absorb it, basically. That was the way he described it. But So, so yes, that's, that's a way to, that's a, that is a, 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 an appropriate interaction for that emotional battle.